أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان بإحسان لا يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد The topic that I was assigned for this talk is our identity through thick and thin. What does identity mean? Anyone here in advanced algebra or taken advanced algebra at any point? Right? What is the identity matrix? Is it a movie? You don't remember? Nobody? Really? No one took algebra too? Identity, what is the identity matrix? Do you remember? Dr. Mushtaq, man, they pay you a lot of money. Do you remember what the identity matrix is from, from Algebra 2? I don't remember what the time right. Identity, identity matrix is the matrix that if you multiply a matrix by it, the result will be the same matrix that you multiplied by the identity matrix. Identity means two things being the same. Identity means two things being the same. And one of the things in the Arabic language is the word, one of the expressions, I guess, for two things being the same is what? Is nafs. Now, all of you gentlemen have attended a fair number of bayans in your lifetime. Is nafs a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> it's generally a bad thing. That, uh, you know, the mashaykh, from the mashaykh, there was one, there was a, a shi'r that uh, one of the brothers from Detroit actually sent me. Um, in a different language, but the, the translation of which was that even, even if I worked on myself so much that one day I became just like an angel, this nafs, I'd still have suspicion of it that it's cooking up something to screw it up, to screw up what's going, going to happen later on. Which is what? Indeed, the nafs is it commands. It's not just like commands to what is evil. It's like always commanding to that which is evil. Illa ma rahima rabbi. Except for the, except for the, the nafs that my Rabb, my Lord, has had mercy on. Otherwise, what is it? If you didn't have to wake, wake up in the morning to go to school or to work, would you wake up? If you didn't, weren't going to fail your classes or get fired from your job, you wouldn't get, get up in the morning. If you didn't have to fast, if Allah Ta'ala says that كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامُ السِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ إن أَحْبَبْتُمْ That the, the fasting has been recommended for you, <laughs> just like it was recommended for the people before you so that you can learn taqwa. You think anyone's going to fast? Nobody is going to fast, except for very few people. Even those people who did it, they, they're going to act like, they, you know, like, oh, I fasted one day out of the year or one, two or three days in Ramadan and like, I'm a big shot. The nafs only will, the nafs is a good, and this is, mashallah, the, coming back to what we talked about in New York earlier. The nafs is like a horse, right? And your, your, your higher spiritual functions are like the rider, your intelligence, right? Your intelligence, your kindness, your fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your humility, your trust in Allah ta'ala, all of these things, they're like a rider. The nafs is like a horse. Without the nafs, you're not going to make it. Because the nafs is what's tied with the functioning of your body, the spiritual command of what functions with your body. So for example, if a man is not hungry, he's not going to remember to eat and he's going to starve to death. If a man doesn't get sleepy or a woman doesn't get sleepy, they're going to uh, keep working themselves to death. 
they're going to keep working themselves to death, right? There's a drug that's very popular, unfortunately, with many uh, of our fellow Americans called crystal meth. People get hopped up on crystal meth. You can work for days on end, and then you crash. Actually, this is something I've heard that it was actually the drug was developed by the Nazis in order to have their soldiers to be able to push the limits of not having to sleep, that they'll go for days on end without eating, without sleeping, and they'll just keep working, keep working, keep fighting, keep fighting. Um, and, you know, that, that drug impairs the natural function of a person. What happens when that drug wears off? Either you keep taking it till you die, or it will wear off, and then those people, they go into, like, coma for, like, several days, they're sleeping and whatever, and they just wake up when the hunger forces them to wake up. Um, well, your nafs is what makes you hungry. There's a, good, there's a good reason for it, because you need to eat at certain times, you need to sleep at certain times. If a person didn't have shahawat, then what would happen? The human race would go extinct. There's something that attracts a man and a woman, and despite the, the, the stern looks and like shame and beating that you received from your parents with regards to what that attraction is, the fact of the matter is if it didn't exist, there would be no children running around, nobody would, uh, uh, nobody would procreate, because actually the act of procreation is in many ways quite, let's just say it's not a clean act, and it's something that there's a reason why it's not permitted inside of the masjid, even though all of us were born from it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The nafs is something that overwhelms you and makes you go to that, that, that act. If you do it in a haram way, it's haram. If you do it in a halal way, you, re- you receive reward for it. If the nafs wasn't there to draw a person to that, the entire human race would have gone extinct. You wouldn't see any children running around. It would have been it. That would have been done. It would have been over. So the nafs has some use. There's some benefit in it as well. But it's what? It's like the horse. And then your higher spiritual functions are like the rider. So when you talk about identity, right? When you talk about identity, what are you talking about? You're talking about nafs. You're talking about yourself. And the fact of the matter is that the identity, a person that they're born with, that nafs that they're born with, it has all the same functions as what an animal has. A rat, a dog. You know, there's some animals we like, like we like dolphins and whales, right? They all have, they all have the same nafs. Gorillas, monkeys, chimpanzees all have the same nafs, a zebra, gazelle, whatever, all these animals, they have this <coughs> same nafs. It's not what differentiates us from them. And so if you uh, look to your reality through that nafs, then what will you inevitably end up as? You'll end up inevitably behaving like an animal. Now tell me something, do, do animals have marriage and lineage? No. Do animals associate with their mother and father? A little bit, but not really so much. Not in the way that we do. Someone will say, well, you know, killer whales, the mother takes care of the pod, and the grandmother stays with them, and things like that. But you don't see, like, for example, this killer whale has this name, and it remembers its forefathers for, like, 40 generations. You don't, the way that, the, the depth of relationship that we have as human beings, animals don't have them. And the killer whale maybe is the, the exception, not the rule. The other, the other animals, most of them, what happens, right? The, the when it's time to mate, a brother and sister will mate with each other and have children. The parents will mate with their own offspring. They'll have children and that's it. They move on. Why? Because there is no, when, when all it is is nafs, there's no marriage, there's no lineage, right? When it's animals, have you ever seen an animal sit down while it eats? No, because it doesn't have any adab. It just do, does what it needs to do, right? Have you seen any animals that have, for example, uh, wear clothes? No, they don't. Maybe, okay, you can say like a snail has a shell, 
but that's very different than 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 the uh, uh, you know the clothing human beings wear. There are all of these things that are different. We talked about this yesterday. bani adam. That we have honored bani adam. One of the honors Allah subhanahu wa taala gave to us is He gave us all of these higher functions. You will see everybody who associates or identifies themselves with the nafs rather than with a higher spiritual identity. You'll see all of these different things that human beings do that separate them from animals. All of them will degrade and they'll start to behave like animals. So there are people out there who have no ta'aluq and no nisbah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do those people care about marriage? No. Do those people, do those people care about wearing clothes? Not really. In fact, they find the fact that Muslims wear so many clothes, they find it to be kind of detestable, don't they? Right? They say, oh my God, you, you oppress your whatever, your, your women. And even though if you look in the traditional culture of every Muslim people, right? The traditional culture of every Muslim people, even the men, they never go out except for the only thing that's exposed is their face and their hands. Look at the Arabian Peninsula, look at the Indian subcontinent, look at Egypt, look at all of these places. Men didn't used to go out without, without their heads covered as well. And they used to wear full clothing. You don't see like pictures except for Bedouins or like farmers while they're working on their farm. You don't see anyone without a shirt on. You don't see anyone without their head covered. You don't see anybody, uh, uh, you know, just like maybe like a pearl di- diver. He'll jump into the water in order to dive for the pearls. But when he's not on the job, what will he do? He'll clothe himself. He'll cover himself. Uh, but the thing is, you'll see the people who identify with their animal part, you'll see them, all the distinguishing traits of humanity, the more they identify with their, their animal nafs, the weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker their uh, um, connection with, with humanity will become. To the point where, you know, the, there's no care about nasab, there's no care about lineage, there's no care about uh, marriage, there's no care about wearing clothing, there's no care about any, anything higher than something that's self-serving, right? So they're like, okay, we agree that you should be nice to one another. Why? Because if I'm bad to another person, they're going to be bad to me. It's going to ruin the whole society. But it's for my own sake that I'm nice to another person. And this happens in, a, you know, in the society we live in. This happens. So what happens? Like every now and then an armored car that's carrying money will break down at the side of the road. Once people know that they can take the cash and no one's going to say anything to them, all, all of that civilization, all of it breaks down. You see, like, wherever, uh, like, for example, they had to deploy the National Guard in New Orleans when the floods were happening, Hurricane Katrina. Why? Were the National Guard there to help people? No, it's because people were looting things. Why are people looting things? Because they know they can get away with it. So all of these things that distinguish a human being from an animal, all of these things, they will start to, uh, uh, all these people who, who identify with them, they will start to have their humanity break down. It may not go away completely that a person is like outside and like eating his own feces and like throwing it against the wall and like, you know, uh, no longer speaking human language or whatever. Uh, it, may, it may weaken instead of break completely, but you'll see it, it will weaken and weaken and weaken. And every society where, um, every society where that, that uh, identity with the nafs is stronger than the identity with the higher spiritual reality occurs, you'll see that, that certain things that are from the fitrah of insan, from the original Adamic disposition, which is inherited from Jannah. It's not from here. Where is Sayyidina Adam from? 
Sayyidina Adam salam, was created and lived originally in Jannah. And human beings have these jan, jan, jannati qualities, right? These, these, these qualities of being, from a, being different than, than everything else in the world. All of those will degrade and go away and the human being will revert to an animalistic, a completely animalistic form or move in the direction of a completely animalistic form. And you see that. There are human beings in the world that eat other people. There are human beings in the world that don't have, that, that zina is not a, a problem with them. There are human beings in the world that don't clothe themselves. There are human beings in the world that have all of these issues, you know. And that's one of the things Islam is there to uh, distance a person from. So why are we talking about Islamic identity? Why are we talking about Islamic identity? The first thing I want to say is that we don't, there's no such thing as Islamic identity, Okay, we live in a, in, a, in a society which is filled with identity politics. So if somebody wants to look at from like a sociological point of view, from a political point of view, from an economic point of view, at this gathering, for example, they say, oh, overwhelmingly immigrants, overwhelmingly the children of immigrants. They're speaking this language. Where are, are, are the women? How come women are not there? How come black people aren't there? How come white people aren't there? How come this is not there? How come that's not there? And all of these things, then they become a foothold to start making objections about something. Whereas it might be a it might be a problem. Okay, for example, black people aren't in this in this gathering. I don't see anyone who's like African American is gathering. Maybe somebody is, and I just didn't notice, right? But I, you know, I don't see anyone who's African American is gathering. That is not automatically mean that there's something wrong with the gathering. It might mean something's wrong with the gathering. If there's a sign outside of the masjid that says black people are not welcome, then it's something very wrong. But if it so happens that no black person showed up, it doesn't detract from the reality of or reality or the falsehood of anything that's being said here. The truth is known by its own merits. The truth is owned by its own, known by its own merits, which comes to another, another issue, a philosophical issue, which is what? Which is as Muslims, we believe there is such a thing called an absolute truth. Everything in the society around us is geared towards saying there's no truth, absolute truth with a capital T. There's only a bunch of lowercase t truths. I have my truth, you have your truth. Now, if there's like several different truths, then none of it is true. What's true to you is true to you, and what's true to me is true to me. There's nothing, there's no truth that, that, that governs uh, the relationship between us. There's no truth that governs all of existence, the overarching ex existence. That means what? To me, if zina is okay, then it's okay. To you, if it's not okay, good for you. I'll, you know, the one who likes zina will keep committing it. The person who doesn't like zina will will keep abstaining from it. This is this is nonsense. This is a type of this is a type of uh, of, of madness. This is the meaning of the the, the verse of the Quran. Don't be like the people who forgot Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, for He caused them to forget themselves. What does that mean? We're talking about a person behaving like an animal. That's what it means for Allah Ta'ala to, to say that He caused them to forget themselves. In this world, you will lose the, the sifat and the attributes of humanity inside of you. And in the Akhirah, you will literally lose yourself completely to the fire. In this world, you will lose all of the attributes of humanity. And in the next world, you will lose yourself literally into the fire. So if you want to talk about identity, we don't identify with things from this mundane realm because it's not where we're from and it's not where we're going. 
Rather, our identity is based on what? Our anchor, like the anchor that, that, that we make all decisions about life around us, it's not internal, it's not inside of you. It's outside of you. It's not internal, it's external. What is it? It's not your own nafs, that I look at another person and see he's like me and I identify with that person. What is the, 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 the anchor of your reality? The anchor of your reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that came down on the heart of Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa That is the truth. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands as right, that's what's right. What He commands as wrong, that's what's wrong. وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ The thing that uh, uh, the Rasul gives you sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then take it from him. And the thing he forbids you from, then stop. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah ta'ala's punishment is, uh, is, is, is severe. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is that there are people in the society around us because they don't know anything other than their own nafs. They don't acknowledge this higher truth. This truth with a capital T, this absolute truth, which is equally true for you and it's equally true for me. They don't acknowledge it. They want to ignore it. So what is it that they see themselves as? They see themselves primarily as what? I'm white. I'm black. I'm, uh, you know, homosexuality is a really interesting, interesting example of this. Okay. When is the last time you saw a person, their primary identity was that I'm heterosexual? I'm a man attracted to a woman. I'm a woman attracted to a man. That's what I do. I go out and have marches. I go out and have uh, what you call. I go out and have marches. I form political opinions based on this issue. This is my thing that I have a parade every year for the. You don't see it. Why? Because people don't identify themselves with that. But on the flip side, and do you think that there's never been any person who has been uh, 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 tried by this uh, fitna in the Muslim world today or in our history? The fiqh books are replete with examples of what do the fuqaha say that a man who's attracted to a man, if he acts on his shahwa, what do, his, his desire, what is the punishment? If he doesn't act on it, if he restrains, on him, uh, he restrains himself from acting on his desire, what is the reward for that? Uh, if a man is attracted, you know, these are, our mashayikh people ask these questions, right? Somebody is attracted to uh, 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 boys, like for example, Quran teacher. This is a problem that, that, that happens. It happens in the Muslim world. Quran teacher is attracted to young boys. So, or he thinks, he wonders, am I, there's, this is an issue that happens to other people. Is this issue there with me, right? Hazrat Tanri, what did he say? He said, take a child and, and sit the child in your lap. If you feel something is wrong at that point, then you shouldn't be teaching the children at all. You should go into another career. It's not that you're going to Jahannam and you're a horrible person. No, this is a problem for you. This career is, please don't do this. You're going to ruin yourself. You're going to ruin someone else's life. Go do something else. Go write books, go uh, teach adults, go and, you know, get a software degree and sit at your computer and code, you know, go and become, become a, a, an engineer and, you know, whatever, inspect bridges or whatever. This is not the career path for you. What's the difference between those people and the people nowadays in the society that we live in? They're the homosexuality of those people and the homosexuality of these people. Why is it that those people in our, in our civilization, there are people who had it. You know what? They still pray five times a day. They still read the Qur'an. They still read Salat al-Taraweeh and weep at the khatam of the Qur'an. They still uh, um, you know, get married. They still have children. They still go to Hajj. They still go to Jumu'ah. 
Why is it that nowadays, you know, that homosexuality completely incompatible, incompatible with Islam? Once you become homosexual, the imam of the masjid will cuss you out in front of everybody and kick you out of the masjid. And then the other homosexual people, how could you believe in, how could you believe in a God that, uh, uh, that, that you know, doesn't accept you for who you are? Look, if Allah Ta'ala exists, there's no connection between Allah Ta'ala's existence and between his accepting or not accepting this way of life. If he exists, he created the heavens and the earth from nothing. Nothing comes without being created, right? What does that have to do, his existence, what does it have to do whether he accepts your way of life or doesn't accept your way of life? The second question is irrelevant to the first question. But it's irrelevant to us. Why? Because we believe in an absolute truth that he created the heavens and the earth. That's a separate issue whether he likes what you're doing or doesn't like it, whether he'll forgive you or won't forgive you. It's a separate issue. If your entire view of the universe around you is based on who you are, that the universe has to conform to who I am, then this other line of thinking makes sense to you, which is like, look, this is what I do. Everyone has to like it. If they don't like it, khalas, I, I have no connection with them. I have no connection with them. So the person, they define themselves by their own desire, by their own desire. Now, maybe there are some person, person in this, uh, in this uh, room, okay, likes pizza. Janab, I'm a pizzaist. I'm going to open a pizza political party. I know I like pizza, but I'm not a pizzaist. You know what I mean? I'm an open pizza political party. If you don't like pizza, then you and me cannot be friends anymore. And I'm going to eat pizza every day. And if I go to a masjid event and they have burgers or they have biryani instead of pizza, the, that masjid event is being discriminating against me. And it's ridiculous. Why? It's like, pizza, okay, you like pizza. What's the big deal? How come you're making it impinge on all of these other things? But that's exactly what people do. That's what people are doing in this society. That's what people are doing in this society. My nafs, right? I'm like, my body is a certain way. I'm a, I have a certain attraction. I have a certain uh, language I speak. I'm from a certain cultural background. My skin is a certain color. What does that have to do with, with anything? When you die, when you die, is it going to be relevant or not whether you're black or white? When you die, is it going to be relevant or not whether you're uh, tall or short, whether you're muscular and like chiseled or whether you're obese? Is it going to matter anymore? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, going to, it's absolutely not going to matter. Whether you're young or old, is it going to matter? Say the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, old woman with great piety and humility, she came and asked Sayyidina Rasulullah alayhi is there a place in Jannah for an old woman? You know, like she's saying about herself. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa there's no old woman in Jannah. And she almost started, she started almost to cry. He said, ah, the, the, in Jannah everyone will be young again. Everyone will be young again. Imagine this. Inshallah, by Allah Ta'ala's fadl, you know, who here, you're, who here is with their children or with their parents? Raise your hand. Who here is in the room with you? Your father is here, right? Imagine, you're the older brother, younger brother, right? And then your guys' father is here. Inshallah, by Allah Ta'ala's fadl, everybody will go to Jannah in this room, Inshallah. Everybody will go to say, Ameen. I mean, right? So you'll be in Jannah forever. And how awkward will it be? You'll be the same age as your father. He's not going to be older than you. You're not going to be younger than, than him forever. Does that have, does that, I mean, does that really have any, ultimately, does it really have any reality? Absolutely not. No generation has come except for the young kids have been like, oh man, old people. 
and no generation has come other than the old people are like, oh, can you believe kids these days? They're all like messed up and blah, 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 and the other thing, the other thing. These are all temporary conditions that pass over a person. You cannot identify yourself or identify truth or reality based on any of these things. These are all animal conditions that pass over you. They're all animal feelings that pass over you. There is a reason for them being there. Sometimes the reason is beneficial for you. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the reason is good for you. Sometimes it's not. Okay? You're attracted to a woman. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Tell me, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Is it? Tell me, is it good or bad? It might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. Okay? If you're attracted to your own wife, wonderful thing. If you're attracted to someone else's wife, very bad thing. You understand what I'm saying? All of these things, they really, in and of themselves, don't encompass, encapsulate, keep any sort of, they don't house any sort of fundamental truth or reality about the universe. What does encapsulate, what does house, what does uh, uh, carry with it truth, with a capital T, an ultimate truth that you can judge things based on? That truth is all taught to us by one of three sources of knowledge. One of what? Three sources of knowledge. By the way, you know, when you go to Madrasa, one of the things they teach you is philosophy. Sometimes they actually teach the books of philosophy outright. Sometimes it, the philosophy percolates through the other subjects that are, that are being taught. This is, this is a basic part of philosophy because all of you guys are going to grow up and become doctors. You're probably never going to learn this. So I'm going to teach it to you right now, inshallah, like very brief crash course, Okay. There are three basic sources of, of, of truth, of knowledge in the, in the universe. Okay? One is what the ulama call al-ilmul adi, the experiential truth or empirical truth, which is what? Uh, does fire burn you? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Do you have to be, have taken physics or chemistry in order to know that? No. Do you have to even be a person in order to know that? No, if you take like a small animal, don't do this, this is haram to be mean to animals, okay? But if you take a small animal and you put its paw into the fire, it'll, it'll scream, it'll be like, ah, oh, what are you doing? It'll pull its paw back, right? If it didn't know that fire burned from before, after that the animal will be scared of fire. It will, won't come anywhere near fire because it, it, burn, it burns. And a person might ask, well, maybe it was just that fire. Maybe another fire won't burn. And, and you're like, no, pretty much every single time... Every single time I've touched fire, it's not been a good experience. I said, come on, brother, be open-minded. Why are you so close-minded? Why are you so close-minded? Be open-minded. Do you free think you guys are from village back home, somewhere from a foreign country? That's why you're so close-minded about all of these things. Be open. Keep open-minded. But no, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to burn every single time. I'm pretty sure that water feels a certain way. I'm pretty sure that... Uh, um, you know, uh, cold feels a certain way. I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, when I'm sleepy, it feels a certain way. When these things are all by their, you know, when you, you know, that salt will taste different than sugar will. You know, I'm pretty certain about those things. Why? Because you experience them directly. Uh, which way does gravity pull things? We're pretty sure about which direction gravity pulls things. Why? Because you've never thrown a ball and shoots up into the air and goes out to space, right? It always comes down. No matter how hard you throw it up, it will always come back down again. Even if, mashallah, you have like literally, not, not metaphorically, literally a rocket arm. And you can throw something so hard that it will launch into space. Even then, the amount of force your arm throws into the thing, it will be slowed down by the amount of the acceleration of gravity. It may even launch into space, but it will go slower than the, than the initial velocity that you release it, release it with.
This is all from what? From your experiential, uh, experiential knowledge. All of science is contained within this. All of, all of science is contained within this. All of science is contained within this set of knowledge, this type of knowledge. Okay, what is science? I have a theory, I have a hypothesis, right? My theory is what? My theory is that um, burning uh, coal will turn it into gold. It's a theory, who knows? Well, a scientist, what will a scientist tell you, right? I'll tell you you're a moron for other reasons, right? But a scientist will tell you you're a moron. Well, I'll tell you for this reason as well. But a scientist will tell you you're a moron for this reason. He said, go bring up a piece of coal. Okay, burn it. You burn it. Where's the gold? No gold. Because you experience, this is a direct experience that you have. But it's just this piece of coal. Okay, go bring another piece of coal. Burn it. You'll repeat the experiment a hundred times. And what will it show you? Then you can write a paper about it, data. Right? And then percentage of coal burned that turned into gold and the bar will be like, like at zero, zero percent. And like based on the data, we conclude that the hypothesis is wrong. Right? Anyone seen the, the, the show Mythbusters? Right? That's the whole thing, right? Someone has, a, someone, someone has a theory that this is something that will happen, right? They have all sorts of like cool stuff. Like they, they, you know, they show in the movie, someone pours gasoline on something and takes a, a drag off a cigarette and then throws it on the gasoline and it sets it all on fire. Guess what? Cigarette doesn't burn hot enough to ignite uh, gasoline. So they showed it again and again. It won't, set, it won't set anything on fire, right? So, you know, instead of watching movies, like just, you know, live a real life, inshallah. Um, so... That's what all of that is. All of science is encapsulated in this knowledge. This is the lowest rung of knowledge. This is the lowest rung of knowledge. The level of knowledge that's higher than that, they call it rational knowledge. They call it what? Rational knowledge. What is rational knowledge? Rational knowledge is a set of observations that people have made that allow them to understand something about the truth without actually having to experience it. So, for example... If you have three bottles, label one A, label one of them B, label one of them C. If you have a, a weigh scale, you know the, the scales that balance out? If you put bottle A in one scale and bottle B in the, in the second scale, and they, they balance out, okay? And then you put bottle B in the first scale and bottle C in the second scale, and they balance out. Can you predict, without having to actually weigh the, the, the bottles, can you predict what will happen when you put A in the first scale pan and C in the second scale pan? They'll be even, right? This is a perfectly solid piece of truth. And you don't have to make an experiment about it. You don't have to test it. You can test it. When you test it, then this piece of truth becomes experiential. It, becomes, it comes down to the first level as well. But without testing it, you still know it's truth. Why? Because it's rational knowledge. Now, we use rational knowledge every day so many times intuitively. In fact, they, that's what they say, that they say that man is the rational animal. The word in Arabic uh, for rationality, for, for, for the expression in Arabic, I should say, is that al-insanu al-hayawanu natiq. He's the, the, the animal, the rational animal. Because mantiq is, mantiq is the, the word for, uh, uh, for logic in, in, in the Arabic language as well. That man is the logical animal, even though man behaves very illogically a lot. But what is it? The more rational you are, the more logical you are in your behavior, the more you show your possession of your humanity. And the less rational you are, the, 
the, the, the less you're able to be like, oh, fire burned last 10 times I touched it, it's probably going to burn again this time, and I should keep my hand out and be like, no, don't be closed-minded. Be open Keep an open mind about stuff, man. Keep a, be, you know, be open-minded, yar. Right? And so you go up and you touch the fire 11th time and get burned. That's a very animal thing to do. Right? Even some animals are, 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 are able to transcend that. Even some animals are able to transcend that, that, that urge. So this rational knowledge it consists of a number of principles that are universally agreed upon. Like one principle is what? That the, a part of something cannot be greater than the whole of that thing. Right? So like two, can't be, two of something can't be greater than three of something. A part of something can't be greater than a whole of a thing. Now tell me something. Tell me something. The Nasara, they say, Billah, that Sayyidina Isa is, uh, is, is God. Right? He, they say he's the son of God, but meaning he's a, 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 he, he himself is, is, is just a manifestation of Allah Ta'ala. Uqnumatun min aqanim thalatha al-ilahiyya. Right? Uh, okay, so tell me what rational principle does that violate? That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is greater than the heavens and the earth. Allah Ta'ala created the heavens and the earth. And now this is a small piece of the earth, the material that the universe is made up of. And you're saying that that piece of the, piece of the material universe is greater than all the universe? That's a rational fallacy. That's irrational. It's an irrational proposition. Why? Because you're, you're saying that the juz is greater than the kul. You're saying that the, the, uh, um, at the very least level, there's actually several rational, irrational, uh, uh, irrational fallacies and several irrationalities that are muratab that will come, that you'll invoke by saying this. But the most simplest and basic of them is what? Is what that you're saying that somehow uh, part of the universe can be greater than the entire universe. It's not, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, it doesn't what? It doesn't work that way. And this is a fundamental, this is the fundamental uh, um, fallacy of all of kufr. This is the fundamental fallacy. What does fallacy mean? It means fallacy is like the, the opposite of, of rationality. Fallacy is something that violates the rules of logic. Fallacy is something that what? Violates the, rule of, the rules of logic. The fallacy is the idea that you're looking for God in the creation. Right? The creator is not the creation. Because things don't create themselves. When's the last time you saw something that creates itself? When's the last time you're looking at, like, you know, just an empty space and you just saw something spontaneous like, oh, look, there's a peanut butter sandwich? Just like that. Peanut butter sandwich. Just like that. It's stupid, right? It's dumb. I mean, you're not supposed to say dumb in the masjid stuff for a lot, right? But the thing is, like, you know, like you're, you should use good language in the masjid. It's not, it's not the most intelligent thing in the world. You don't have like a PhD in, in physics, do you? No, but you know that peanut butter jelly sandwiches don't just come out of nowhere. Now tell me, what's dumber? To think that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich will come out of nothing, or to think that the entire universe, which contains millions of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and other stuff as well, stars and planets and all this other stuff, right, that, that all of it is going to come out of nothing. Is that possible? Absolutely not. So you, you, if, you, if you think the material world is God... There's a whole aqidah that comes with that. To think that the material world is God, there's an entire aqidah that comes with that, isn't there? That all of a sudden, what's the most important thing? Money, what's the most important thing? That you have a certain position in life status. You're going to give the adhan, inshallah. Can you do you mind giving me just like five minutes, I'll finish, and then you can give the adhan, inshallah? Inshallah. You know, better. Barakallahu feekum. Yeah, just five minutes. Adhan is the first door. Your speech. Let me just finish the speech and then we'll, we'll, we'll give the adhan, inshallah. Yeah. 
So the, the, uh, uh, the idea is what? That the, 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 the created thing, it cannot be the creator because things don't create themselves. Right? So these are all rational, right? These are all rational principles. People say there's no proof for the existence of Allah Ta'ala. It's not, strictly speaking, true. The first type of knowledge we talked about, which is what? Experiential knowledge, empirical knowledge. Empirical means something you can observe, right? We, as Muslims, the Quran itself says, The vision can't see him, even though he sees all the visions, right? There's nothing like unto him. So we're not going to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because even what we see with our sight, it's all created. The sight cannot encompass the creator, right? So we say that, okay, when you say that there's no proof in it, the show me God, you say that's not possible. That's rationally not possible. But we don't say that, that oh, we only believe in Allah based on faith, right? There's a rational necessity for Allah, Allah Ta'ala's existence, which is what? That cr- things don't create themselves. Everything needs someone to, to create it. Things don't create themselves. Everything needs something to create. Everything in the created world needs something to create it. Right? Because we have five minutes, inshallah, I, there's a little bit more expansion that someone will raise certain objections and whatnot. But those objections are easily plowed through as well. The idea is what? Is that this is a second type of knowledge. And then there's a third type of knowledge that the, that, that the first two types of knowledge, everyone who has a sound mind, they accept it. There's a third type of knowledge, some people accept it, some people don't accept it. Which is what? The knowledge of revelation. That knowledge that the higher, the higher realm places in the lower realm. The spiritual realm places into the physical realm. That's what the Quran is. That's what the message of all the Anbiya is. People are atheists. They don't believe in it. But why don't they believe in it? It's not because it's rationally impossible for it to happen or even that it's rationally impossible for it not to happen. The reason they don't believe in it is because they're not trying to pay attention to that right now. Because the alarm clock is going off. Some people are trying to go to the masjid and pray fajr. Some people are trying to go back to sleep. If you're trying to go back to sleep, you're like, yeah, revelation, blah. Right? You're, you're done with it. You have no need for it. You have no want for it. You're going to ignore it. What do you do with people you don't like? The worst thing you can do with someone you don't like is to ignore them, to give them, not respond to their letters, text messages, emails, not repost their Facebook things, not like their posts on Twitter. You just ignore them. You block them, in fact. What do you do? You just hit the block button. Class, you're done with them. And if you see them in a public place, you avoid them. You know, I'll go to the next Starbucks down the road because I don't want to talk to the person in this Starbucks. You understand what I'm saying? So the idea is what? The idea is that this third type of knowledge, there, this is the highest form of knowledge. Just like rational knowledge, because you don't have to actually go and test everything again and again and again. It will allow you to process so much more knowledge than experiencing things directly all the time. Just like that, the revelation is something that teaches you certain principles that will allow you to understand so many things that you would never be able to understand if you have to try to rationally reason out everything in the world. Your life is not long enough to be able to understand all of these types of things. There are people, they go through their entire life just to learn a very small lesson of deen, right? A man might go his entire life and have all sorts of bizarre and strange experiences. He's dying on his deathbed of AIDS and all of his children hate him. And then he, he realizes, oh man, zina is not a good thing. <laughs> Right? This is just one teaching of deen. You can ream through a, a, a thousand of them within an hour. What is it? It allows you to process so much more information than you would have been able to uh, otherwise. So the, the, the summary, and we'll, we'll, we'll end the talk inshallah and then have the adhan. The summary is what? Is that the deen, if you want to identify with something, we're taught not to identify with our animality and with material, but with the spiritual and with the absolute truth, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even that identity is not an identity, because what? 
you are tying yourself not with the thing you're like, but with the one that you're that's unlike you and unlike any of the creation. Jalla The reason you're tying yourself to that one Jalla is what because the absolute truth resides with him. You make friends with him, it'll be good for you. You don't make friends with him, it's going to be bad for you. But he is what he is. He is who he is. It's not going to change anything for him at all. It's only for your benefit, for my benefit that we do that. What are the things that, that are involved in accepting that truth? These things are taught through the deen of Islam. They're taught through the ulum of wahi. And they're taught very specifically, very specifically through the knowledge of aqidah. The knowledge of what? The knowledge of aqidah, the, the beliefs of the Muslims. Right? You can go through in the aqidah tahawiyah, you can go through in 15 hours, you can go through a book like that. It's not that difficult. MashaAllah, we have brothers in this room that, I've, that we've read it with before. Mufti Naif can teach it to you. Your other muftis, local muftis can teach it with you. If you're bored with them, you know, gharki murgi dal barabar, right? The, house, the chicken raised in the house is less value than even the than dal, right? So that's fine. Uh, if you're annoyed with it, you can call Mulana Tamim. You can call Mulana Bilal. If they're all booked and you're like, oh man, then you can call me. I'll come do it. You can go through all of these things very easily, very simply. Like this one thing, you can't prove to me God exists. Who said who can't prove to you God exists? It's a very simple, it's a very simple like rational syllogism. But because people are what? You see, remember, remember what we talked about? As you start to abandon, as you start to abandon your humanity, you move more toward the state of an animal. And animals, their basic form of knowledge is what? It's experiential. It's not rational. Animals have, if they have some rational function, it's very basic, it's very low level. And most animals don't do that as well. So you will move in that direction. And that's what science is, essentially. All of it is empirical. Science, doesn't, science if it's not an empirically provable question, science is not, not even asking it. It's not even, forget about giving you the answer. It's not even asking the question in the first place. It's saying it's a wrong question. Take this question to somebody else. So as we move in that direction, you're like, oh, science, that's really wonderful. Science is going to answer every question in the world. No, what is it? It's actually a move toward animality. It's move toward behaving more like an animal than like a person. If you read Aqidah and you spend, mashallah, you learn this from sitting with Mulvi Saab for like 30, 41 minutes and 23 seconds. Maybe if you sit for another, like, you know, couple of minutes, you may learn a couple of other things that are very profound and very beneficial for you and your uh, uh, view of the world around you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all, all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala. Wa sallama ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ajma'in. By the way, as a fiqhi mas'ala, it's not wajib to give the adhan right away when the time comes in. If there's a little bit of delay, especially if the salat is going to be uh, done a little bit later than exactly after the time of the adhan, it's okay for a little bit of a delay. It's not haram or makruh or any of these things. Uh, the adhan of Isha in the time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was actually delayed to what thuluth layl one third of the night. It's a delil that it's not a, a sin didn't happen inshallah. So we don't have to because I know some of us in our love of deen, we don't want these things to be pushed around because we, we feel like it might be something haram is happening. Allah is not pleased with it. But just like the salat is fard, uh, making rectification of aqaid and teaching those, those branches of, of ilm that are fard ayn that are individual obligations on people, these things also, uh, you know, they're, they're very important. So don't ever delay the adhan because you're playing PlayStation. But if something farther is happening, like the prayer is farther, a little bit of delay, inshallah, is, is, is forgiven. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Barakallahu feekum.